0: Well, hey there, Church of the City podcasters. Pastor Matt here just wanted to provide a little bit of an introduction to what you are about to hear. This is one of our webinars from our Formation Workshops series. And over the next number of weeks, there's gonna be new lectures posted from that series. And so our prayer is that these lectures would be an encouragement to you as you practice the spiritual disciplines in your life to be formed into a disciple of Jesus. So may these lectures bless you, and feel free to share these at your leisure. You are loved. Welcome, everybody. My name's Spencer Adams. I'm the pastor of Missional Living for Church of the City, and we're just really delighted that you're here for our first formation workshop. Um, This is the first of seven, and you're able to register for all seven on our website at this point. Just go through the same process from our homepage of uh, clicking register, and you can see all seven of them listed there. And uh, I thought as we got going on our first workshop that it might be valuable just to share with you sort of what the vision for these times uh, is really quickly. Um, And uh, so, yes, we've been encouraging our church family here in Guelph for months now in a time of isolation and lockdown like this, that for followers of Jesus, it's never been more important to have a plan for your spiritual health and growth. And for believers throughout the centuries, a a key part of that plan for spiritual health and growth has often been uh, spiritual disciplines. But uh, you, if you're at all like me, um, you may have looked at one or another spiritual discipline like fasting or praying along with scripture as we're going to learn about tonight or any of the other disciplines and wanted to, to try it or wanted to have it as a part of your life but just didn't know where to start didn't know how to make that a regular part of your habits, routines. Um, And so that's the hope for this time is that we can learn various uh, spiritual disciplines. These are largely going to be sort of taught or presented on by people from within our church here in uh, Guelph. And uh, the hope is just to kind of demystify some of these things, to give you practical tools um, to help you grow in your relationship with Jesus. And they're called formation workshops. Because spiritual disciplines aren't, aren't a transactional one-to-one. I spend a half hour reading my Bible and then I'm a half hour holier. Um, that's not just how they work. They're, they're long-term sort of relational investments between uh, us and God. And it's us making ourselves available to God and saying, hey, I don't want to be formed by, entirely by the world around me. I want to be formed by you, um, by who you are, by what you say about me. And so I'm here. I'm, I'm listening. I'm I'm present. I'm available. Um, that's what the disciplines are about, allowing God the space, time, uh, quietness to form us how he wants to. And so that's a little bit about these workshops, what you can expect tonight. In just a moment, I'm going to be done blabbering and I'm going to kick it to Sarah. And uh, Sarah and her husband, Chris, have been a part of Church and the City for a little while now. And Sarah's on her way to becoming a spiritual director. And so she's led sessions like this for our staff, for our elders, and so I can say from experience that you'll be blessed by your time here tonight. And I just wanted to say sort of timing wise, we're going to try and keep this to an hour, but we will do a Q&A. There's just a chance that the Q&A might fall outside of our 60 minute window, in which case you are totally free to go at 830. Um, but we we'll, you can always stick around for a Q&A. So you can scribble down your questions on the paper or journal that you have, or you can enter them in the chat at any point and I'll kind of aggregate them all and sort of lead that Q&A at the end with Sarah. Um, Last thing that I wanted to say before I turn it over to Sarah is this. If you are from Church of the City or from sort of a denominational tradition, much like ours, we're part of the Baptist tradition. Some of these disciplines that we're going to explore through these workshops might be very new to you. Um, For example, tonight is a lot of uh, contemplation. It's a lot of listening our traditions often place a really high uh, value on, on teaching, on the authority of scripture, which are all really important things. Um, but sometimes we don't have as much experience in sort of these realms of just sitting quietly, listening for what the spirit might want to say. So for some of you, this might be something you've not done tons of and others, maybe you've not done any of it. And so I thought it might be just valuable to say, as you approach this, as we all together approach this and you know spend some time tonight and maybe you in the future, we hope, uh, listening, you know, asking God what he wants to say to you, you may feel like you hear something. And a, a question that Christians for centuries have asked is, what do I do when I think I hear something? Like, well, how do I kind of discern where that's coming from? Is it from me? Is it from something going on around me? Or is it actually from God? And so I want to give you four really quick, like one sentence kind of filters that you can use or, or sort of guardrails that we, that Christians have always used to kind of go through that discernment process. The first is, is what you're hearing in line with what the Bible says? We believe that the Bible is God's word. um, And so God's not going to contradict himself, right? So if you feel like you hear something, well, does it uh, line up with what the scriptures tell us? Secondly, because sometimes that's a hard question to answer or not terribly straightforward. um, We can also ask, is what I think I'm hearing uh, strengthening? Is it encouraging or comforting or sort of almost more broadly, does it promote love? Um, because if it promotes something else that's uh, sort of against those things, then that's a real reason for for pause or or for slowing things down. Another uh, filter: What do fellow believers have to say about this message that I think I'm hearing? That's particularly helpful if you feel like you're being sort of faced with a decision, or maybe you feel like you hear a word for someone else, right? Oftentimes, going to uh, a spiritual mentor or pastor or advisor instead of of running that by them is helpful. And then finally, do you feel a sense of God's peace about what it is that you think you've heard or this decision that you need to make? Because when you put it through all those other filters, like Paul was giving instructions to a church about all of this. And he said, our God's not a God of confusion, but of peace. So I really think when, when we hear something, even if it confronts us with sort of a tough decision that we have to make, uh, we should feel a, a, some form of peace in it. And if all you feel is anxiety and and uh, sort of a disquiet about it, then again, maybe you slow things down and you start that process over so i 'm done blabbering. I just simply thought for those of us who are brand new to this whole experience, it might be helpful to know that we don 't just kind of you know just go into it, and whatever we hear we hear like no there 's this actually things that Christians have been doing for for centuries as they listen to God to sort of put that through a filter and discern what to do with those things. So with that, I am done. Uh, Sarah, lead us. Um, we're excited to hear what you have to say. Like I said, any questions that you have, anyone, feel free to put them in the chat. And you may have noticed that I'm being a little bit mi- militant uh, with the mute button. Uh, I'm, I should actually probably unmute Sarah. That would be helpful. Um, but uh, I'm gonna do that at least early on so that um, you know, if you've ever tried to have a quiet reflective moment on Zoom, there's nothing more distracting than you know, somebody's cat you know, purring right beside their computer or something. (laughs) So we're going to try to avoid that. So I'll be slightly militant with the mute uh, function early on, but then we'll open it up later as there's like more interactive moments. Okay, Sarah.
1: Awesome. Thank you. I feel liberated now that I'm unmuted. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Thank you all for being here. I can see some of your faces and others. I just see um, names, some that I recognize and others that um, hope to meet you one day. And um, so I'm really just honored to be here and share um, just probably maybe it just comes out of my own journey, really, my own faith journey, my own spiritual walk. And so by no means am I an expert on this particular practice at all. I am co-journer just alongside you, but certainly this has been very meaningful practice for me and I think probably um, one that has really led me into other practices and it's taught me and kind of tuned my ear in um, a little bit more or allowed my heart or to posture itself, um, to receive what, what the Lord has. And so, yeah, super excited. If this is something, um, so we're, we're going to call it Lectio Divina, and that may be a very old phrase that you're familiar with and something that's like really new, and you're like, what is that? What? It's such a kind of sometimes off-putting word um, to some people, and they go, it just kind of evokes a little bit of, Um, angst maybe sometimes or at least in my experience and so uh, but really just a beautiful um, method of prayer Um, and so um, really literally and actually Spencer you can go probably to the next slide Um, Lectio Divina is really it's a Latin term and Lectio just meaning reading and Divina meaning just divine of God, holy. So just really is a holy reading Um, and it's a method of prayer. And why we call it prayer (laughs) um, is just that it's a form of prayer and a method uh, by which our spirit, the spirit that God's given us and the spirit that dwells within us, the spirit of God um, as believers that he's given us joining together um, in his active and living word. And um, this dates back to uh, the early monastic tradition. So it's actually something that is a new term, but it's a very old practice that I see emerging more and more in the Protestant evangelical um, tradition. And um, so back in the day when there weren't enough Bibles for everyone um, and not everyone knew how to read, they would gather in the chapel and to they would hear a member of the community read from scripture, much actually like what we're going to experience today. Um, so I'm going to teach a little bit on this um, and go through a little bit and kind of set it up and then actually move through this together, much like, I mean, very different than the monks, I'm sure, but similar <laughs> um, to the monks as I will read and facilitate through. But my hope is that um, this is something as I've taken this in my own quiet times, in my own, um, faith journey that I do also do this on my own. Um, so, so in this exercise, uh, they were taught and encouraged to listen with their hearts because it was the word of God that they were hearing. And so I really think for me in my own experience, um, growing up in a Baptist church where, um, and I still value this. I, I very much value the studying of, of scripture and, and God moved and worked through that in so many ways um, and still continues to do that. Um, I think it, this kind of form of prayer, this method of prayer, Lectio Divina has just worked a different prayer muscle for me. And even perhaps opened up um kind of my prayer container so maybe what I thought prayer was it, it's expanded that and it's been life-giving for me and so I hope that um, in sharing this with you if it's something that is life-giving to you then 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 do this and continue on in it so um all right we can move on to the next slide I meant to put a timer on for myself so I don't go over. So hold on. I'm going to knock off a few minutes here. Okay. So I just wanted to just recap. I know that this has been talked about, uh, certainly within Church of the City, and we're not going to go through all of this, but I just thought just a fresh, just to remember, uh, remember why we do spiritual practices, um, Spiritual disciplines, it's also called. Sometimes disciplines for me and maybe for others, you just kind of go, (laughs) and practices is sometimes just, I don't know, lands a little bit better sometimes as well. Um, So Richard Foster, I thought, really captures this really well. I'm just going to read it and just kind of let it um, settle on you. A farmer is helpless to grow grain. All he can do is provide the right conditions for the growing of grain. He cultivates the ground. He plants the seed. He waters the plants. And then the natural forces of the earth take over and up comes the grain. This is the way with the spiritual disciplines. They are a way of sowing to the spirit. By themselves, the spiritual disciplines can do nothing. They can only get us to the place where something can be done. And so by God's grace, he meets us. And by God's grace, things start to shift um, in our inner self, in our interior. And sometimes, oftentimes, it's like I'll look back, reflect, right? And you just go, oh you know, thank you, God, <laughs> something that's just like freedom has come or there's a shift in our behavior that we can't, you know, it's it's by our own consent and also by just the sheer grace of God and the inner workings of what God is doing, sometimes in our conscious and sometimes, you know, things parts where we're not even fully conscious of until maybe a little bit later. And so this is just what God does. Um, and so we bring ourselves um, we provide the right conditions and then he cultivates the ground. So we can maybe just skip on just so we're keep to time. Um, just another, I just, maybe actually, let me just point out something quickly with um, Adele. I'm going to speak to her book a little bit later on, but um, just that they simply, this uh, this third quote here, they simply put us in a place where we can begin to notice God. And respond to his word to us. Spiritual disciplines. Give the Holy Spirit space. To brood over our souls. Just as the spirit. Hovered over the face of the deep dawn. At the deep. At the dawn of creation. So he hovers over us today. Birthing the ever fresh. Christ life within. And that's Adele Alberg. uh, Calhoun. I'm saying her name correctly. Um, But just thought that's a beautiful way. Just. Uh, you know, giving the Holy Spirit space um, to create life and um, to hover over us and us just to keep company with, with Jesus in those times. All right. Um, I just wanted to point out, this is an interesting, um, there's a couple actually interesting, but listening to Timothy Keller lately and I actually was listening to a passage and um or a sermon on meditation. And uh, I just thought this was an interesting, just to kind of, uh, just as we're kind of going into this and just a bit of the distinction between calling prayer and answering prayer, both very good things, both definitely representative in, in God's word. Um, But I would say that this practice would more um, be towards the, the um, answering prayer. Um, and so certainly calling prayer is valid and good. And we see that in the Psalms and all throughout, uh, God's word as well. Um, but it's sometimes it's when somebody starts the conversation or, you know, sets the tone, picks the subject, um, the person who starts the conversation has quite a bit of power over the conversation. Um, you know, you can change the subject, so someone starts and someone answers. So God, I need you. God, I want you. So that's that kind of speaks to calling prayer. Um, I find sometimes, um, really, in any of my uh, the pra- in my practices, I, it's it's sometimes a place for me that where I can become self sufficient, um, and rather than being mastered by the master. <laughs> I'm kind of hovering over the text um, and trying to master it rather than making myself available for God's formation um, of my spirit and my soul, um, my inner being. So answering prayer is a response to something God has said in his word. So listening to God say something, allowing him to choose the subject through his word. Allowing him to set the tone. So this kind of prayer takes you into the depths of his heart. Into the depths of our heart. So, um, yeah, we just re-respond. We let the spirit set the tone. And um, and we consent to that. So we bring ourselves and we consent to that process. Um. So just wanted to speak a little bit more to not just why. So we we talked a little bit more about, you know, the spiritual practices and and why. Um, But wanted to also just talk about how and just why our approach and desire is important. So our desire here um, with this practice, with the Akhtia Divina, it's to prayerfully encounter and surrender to the living God through attending to scripture. So it is about knowing God. It's, it's, it's not knowing more about him. It is allowing the God of the universe, our personal savior and uh, knowing him intimately and in allowing I mean, he already knows us intimately, but it, it is that there's like the, there's a nurturing our relationship with him more than just gathering more information about God. So it's really taking it a step. It's allowing him to kind of pierce through that next kind of layer. Um, and it's being aware of who we are. There's a quote I came across and I hope that I can say this. I meant to write it down, but it is, um, it says, we, we know when we know ourselves, we know God. And when we got, when we know God, we know ourselves. And I wish I could quote it. I think it was someone I'll, I'll try and find it. If I can find it, I'll send it to Spencer, but maybe Spencer, you know, who, who said that, but it, I just thought that was really interesting because, um, being aware, um, of who we are is actually, it's not, it's, it's not selfish or self-seeking. It's when we know, when we're aware of, what we're feeling, the place where we are, we can then bring that to God and and God can meet us there. And we can also allow God to bring things to our awareness as well. And it's that kind of intersecting. So we're reading for depth. So we're taking short, shorter passages and we're reading for depth, not just breadth. Um, We're going deep into um, a particular passage. Um, with an open, reflective um, posture, alert to the voice of God. Uh, joining the Holy Spirit and surrendering to the living word. So we're not just treating scripture solely as text to be studied, but as the living word of God who meets us in in um, our heart. Um. I think something that's important, I'm um, just speaking of my own personal journey, is, is sometimes in a passage, um, and I'll be reading through, you know, a section, um, journaling through it, and something I just know um, that the Lord has something to say with me, or I'm curious, or it's, it's, there's just something more there. Um and I can just sense that there's more that God has to say through that, and so I will stay with it sometimes for days. Um, and so just knowing that you have permission to do that is just sometimes helpful. Um, just to stay with one passage or one part of a te- of, of a text until the Lord prompts you to move on to another. Um, so just like savoring that, and um, yeah, just allowing the Lord to. Unveil or reveal more of what he has to say to you personally through that passage. So I just wanted to speak to our own openness and awareness and consent. Um, So openness being like a a turn toward um, opening ourselves up um, to what God has, a turn toward. Awareness, again, being aware of our feelings. Um, and I know that both Matt and Spencer and Matt at the beginning of um, when he prepares to preach, we all stop and pause and we check in um, with our feelings. And this just allows us to get in touch with um, our needs and bring those fully to God. And so that's, that is an important part um, of this practice Um, And then just consent, just our willingness to relinquish our own control and give it over. All right. Um, So just for sake of time, just wanted to maybe focus in on Hebrews uh, 4, 12 to 13, and just to speak to um, God's word. In this, So, for the word of God is living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword, it penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. So we just partner with God for awareness of our thoughts and attitudes or um, the way he wants to show us who he is. Um, And so I just thought that was a really beautiful, like it's such a dynamic, God's word is just so dynamic. Um, So... So I just wanted to next um, go through um, the actual practice and just so you know what to expect for those of you who um, this method may be new, uh, this method of prayer may be new uh, to you. And again, we will move, move into um, doing this together. Um, and this is something truly that can be done on your own as, as I do, or it can be done, taken even just like into your MC groups, your Bible study groups, you can do this together in, in a group. And it's just so, such a beautiful, uh, beautiful practice in groups. Um, I do, I'm, I don't know, I'm a bit of a, I was just going to say something also just about journaling. So if you're doing this on your own, these are just kind of little practical things. Um, is and I keep looking over here I'm sorry I'm not looking right at the camera I'm like trying to like look at faces um but I I do I do encourage journaling and I have like a bit of a wonky relationship with journaling (laughs) um I find it can be laborious sometimes um but I I find that it kind of um maybe helps me focus a little bit more um it helps me to ramble as well. Um, like ramble in the sense of like ask questions or, and I find that the Holy spirit really seems to, for me, at least really work through, um, like just my journaling, like writing down, um, a particular passage and then just kind of drawing that out. Um, and so, yeah, just if you're find yourself maybe kind of, uh, wandering all the time. It may be just a good thing to, to um, put pen to paper and uh, let, let it wander on there and just see what comes out. So we always start with um, kind of a silencio, again, Latin. Sounds sound so, I feel like I sound so, um, I don't know, uh, fancy. Um, but is, is we always start with silence. And this is just the quiet, a quiet preparation of the heart. And um, really, it is to be a place of rest. It is to um, take breaths. And there's something to breath. Um, having been in trauma therapy myself, learning to really breathe. Um, and I know that, actually, I think that's one of, I've heard that, that uh, Nadine Nyhoss is doing a, a workshop um, on, I don't know what she's doing it on, but I know that she talks a lot about breath and there is something to be said that, you know God breathed life into um, Adam and Eve. And so just, um, it helps us with our autonomous nervous system. So physiologically, it is definitely a helpful thing Breathing and becoming aware of God's presence in us because God dwells within us. We've been given that gift. And so it's just this intentional awareness and release of chaos and hurry. And this is just something else that obviously doesn't make you, um, you know, it doesn't make you holy or not holy if you do this, but it's just more just symbolic. Um, is often when I'm um, starting in this way in silence i will have my palms down just just resting on my on my lap and this is just really just a moment for me to um release um the things perhaps that i'm carrying maybe even in my body like i can sometimes feel like I, well, i'm really tense and Carrying something, Um, so I just you know have my palms down, and then I will turn my palms up like this, and just rest them on my on my lap again. Just just symbolizing just that consent, um, that relinquishment, and just openness to God's presence. So it's just really it's just a symbolic um, gesture towards God and for myself as well. So then lectio. So this is this is um, where we s- will slowly read out loud. So I I do strongly suggest that when you are doing this on your own and you don't have someone reading for you, that you read the passage out loud and slowly, um, and then just you know paying attention to any words that resonate or stand out. I would even say words or um, questions or feeling resistance, just anything that kind of pops up um, during the reading of the, of the passage. And there's just for your own, your own, when you're doing this on your own, there's just like little journal start, starters there. So meditatio, meditation. Um, so we, you pause in between that first reading and then read the passage again, pondering the importance of the word or feeling that kind of lights up listening for any invitation God may be extending. Um, And it could be an invitation. It could be um, perhaps even a conviction that that God may be bringing forth, Um, a a feeling. Um, So you're you're really thinking about um, how this reading intersects or connects with your life as you are. Because where you are in your life, not where you should be, but where you are is also where God is. Because God dwells within us. And so we're thinking about how this connects or intersects with our life as it is now. Um, And imagine, you know, being present to hear the the passage and witness the story um, yourself. Okay, so we'll move on to the next one. Which is... Um, oratio, so this is the prayerful response. Um, so you read, you would read the passage again, um, again out loud, and respond in personal dialogue with God. Just expressing your feelings in this again, where I find the journaling is really helpful, just expressing my feelings or questions, desires, Um Just noticing any resistance, um, just softness in your spirit. Um, And then moving on to, um, yeah, just complacio, which is the contemplating. So just resting and waiting in the presence of God, allowing uh, his word to sink deeply. And just allowing this time to just be a quiet expression of love between you and your savior. Um, And then often it's taking it um, a step further. So, this actually isn't traditionally a part of um, the original, I don't think the original Lectio practice, but just an action. So, living out your, like, choosing a way to live out that encounter in the day or to be reminded during the day. Um, there's suggestions. So actually I was just, um, meeting with someone a few weeks ago and, um, doing a Lectio with her and we came to this part and it was just something where she's like, every every time I I fill up my water in the day, um, that will help me remember, um, what I, what God spoke to me today. So just kind of choosing something as to how you're going to even just remember it or live out that encounter because it's God's word in us, but God's word also sent forth into the world. And so it's, it's just taking that and what does God want you to do, um, with that encounter? So just before we move on, um, and we go into, and I wish I could just see you all and interact with you, but, um, <laughs> Um, I know that God is faithful and the Holy Spirit moves and works beyond um, all these constraints. And so just uh, trusting that as we move into this next portion of of, um, actually doing this together, um, that God will meet you where you are. Um, But just wanted to share with you, just in case we kind of run out at the end, um, just some resources um, that have been really really special to me um so i actually have it here so it's the first one um and you don't need to go out and run run and buy this at all it's it's um just a compilation it's just um praying with the bible through the year so it actually follows the traditional um church calendar and so it's really neat because you know that it's it's calendared um from now until 2025 and uh so it's just every day there's an invitational passage and then it, it follows the Lectio Divina um kind of method and it leads you through that a little bit so anyways that's been really special to me um and something that I've journeyed with for the last few years and then uh, the other one that has really been my entryway so I have read a lot of you know Richard Foster Um, Dallas Willard and um, different books on spiritual practices and disciplines. And I would say that this spiritual disciplines handbook is really like a field guide. So it takes and breaks down some of the different practices. And so you can really it's like it is a handbook. (laughs) And it's a beautiful one, really. Um, She does a beautiful job. And I know Timothy Keller um, talks about I'm talking a lot about him, but he uh, he has this they do this book throughout their church and if you do end up getting it, really, really encourage you to actually take time at the very beginning of the book. There's like a little bit of a work workbook just allow you to pray through and connect with what you desire of your in your relationship with God and in that desire then leading you to some of those specific practices so for example mine was prayer um uh like I just felt like I'm lost I don't know I feel like I'm not a very good prayer and um and I just really sought to to delve into a little bit more and so um yeah, it took me into some of those practices, which were, was such a beautiful, sweet time. Uh, this is another one is just the Pray As You Go app. Um, they have some different like like they'll facilitate like Lectio Divina as well in those. And um, so you can look that up on your own time. So as we start, um, just wanted to explain something at, at the end of our time. Um is that we're going to go into breakout groups. Um, So there's going to be, I think, three people per group. So really important, just like your journal uh, would probably serve as this reflection piece, really important to take time as a group. So if you do this in your MC or Bible study uh, or with friends to take time to just share your experience. It doesn't need to keep it simple. It doesn't need to be anything more complicated than that. Just share um, how God met you in that, um, what you noticed. Um, and, uh, and then we're going to take time to do that. And I would say that, and I'll, I'll prompt this again, just for give a little refresher, but um, if there's three people in a group, someone maybe just try and keep time. So that would be like seven minutes per person. So like five minutes to kind of share and then just two minutes for someone to pray. And so I really encourage the person and the other people in the group. So when someone is sharing their experience um, and as you're sharing your experience, you're talking about like, how did this connect to my life as it is not what I want it to be, (laughs) but how it is. And, Um, What did I notice? Even if it, you know, kind of met me in the wrong way, that's okay. Like, there was resistance there or whatever, or you fell asleep. (laughs) Some people fall asleep. And that may speak to, you know, maybe you just are tired and you need a nap. And God, you know, is (laughs) saying you're tired, come rest, come away with me and rest. So there's, you know, in all of those things, there are things to notice and be aware of and bring to God. So, it's okay um, to share those things as well. And so as you're in your group and you're sharing that, I encourage the other people who are in the group to just to really listen and to really, as you're listening, to go, where is God in this for this person? Um, and just really hold that question out before you. Um, and so just then as, a person, as the person is finishing sharing, having one person, in the group, just offer up um, what they heard. What they heard, um, just affirm and offer back to God, just what you heard that person, um, how that person met God in that time. doesn't need to be complicated. You don't need to keep it short and simple and just reflect back what you heard. Um, and then we're going to come back into a big whole group and maybe just take a few minutes just to, again, just allow people to ask questions or just, um, yeah, just share as a, as a bigger group if there's, if time permits. And again, there's no, if you need to go, go. Um, and if you want to stay, stay. So, so why don't we just take a moment then just to um, transition now. And if you are able to quick find a quiet place <laughs> um that is just as distraction free as possible i know i've got um four kids above me um watching a movie so they're not you know sounding like elephants above my head um you know that would be good and so i just invite you um and i'm going to facilitate this time it's going to be a bit like a slower reading, there's gonna be allowing time for just um, quietness between readings. Um, And just allow yourself to settle in. This is maybe a time where you may want um, a piece of paper and a pen, but you don't need to write anything either. Um, So just invite you to um, close your eyes and allow this uh, to be quiet preparation of your heart, taking um, just some deep breaths. Just being aware of um, God's presence, that he's with you. intentional release of um, things that you may be holding on to Allowing the silence to be a resting place. We're not striving or producing I'm going to read a song just slowly as we stay in the silence before we move on to Matthew 5 the beatitudes be, be still Be still and know, be still and know that I am Still and know that I am God. Just invite you to continue to stay in that quiet place, just with your eyes closed going to read from Matthew 5, a fitting passage for those of us um, at Church of the City, listening to the Sermon on the Mount. Before I read the passage, um, just wanted to share that enormous crowds were following Jesus. He was the talk of the town and everyone wanted to see him. The disciples who were the closest followers um, of this popular man were maybe certainly tempted to feel important, proud, maybe even possessive. Perhaps they were Being with Jesus gave them not only prestige, but maybe even um, opportunity for receiving money and power. So as the crowds were gathering once again, before speaking to them, Jesus pulled his disciples aside and warned them about the temptations they would face as his followers. So in that way, let's read this passage uh, slowly, and you know, loud, lingering over words that resonate. One day, as the crowds were gathering, Jesus went up to the mountainside with his disciples and sat down to teach them. This is what he taught them. Jesus blesses those who realize their need for him. For the kingdom of heaven is given to them. God blesses those who mourn, for they will be comforted. God blesses those who are gentle and lowly, for the whole earth will belong to them. God blesses those who are hungry and thirsty for justice, for they will receive it in full. God blesses those who are merciful, for they will be shown mercy. God blesses those whose hearts are pure, for they will see God. God blesses those who work for peace, for they will be called the children of God. God blesses those who are persecuted because they live for God, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. So read again. You may even want to place yourself on the mountainside listening to Jesus. Just ponder the importance of the word that lights up or the particular beatitude that you're most drawn to. Just listening for any invitation. God is extending, feel free to pause with it, just let that word resonate. One day, as the crowds were gathering, Jesus went up to the mountainside with his disciples and sat down to teach them. this is what he taught them. God blesses those who realize their need for him. For the kingdom of heaven is given to them. God blesses those who mourn. For they will be comforted. God blesses those who are gentle and lowly for the whole earth will belong to them. God blesses those who are hungry and thirsty for justice, for they will receive it in full. God blesses those who are merciful, for they will be shown mercy. God blesses those whose hearts are pure, for they will see God. God blesses those who work for peace, for they will be called the children of God. God blesses those who are persecuted because they live for God for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. invite you to if you want to write down uh, that word or the beatitude perhaps that you are drawn to To read the passage a third time. Just going to leave time um, to, between um, this and moving on, just to respond in personal dialogue with God, expressing to mere feelings or questions, desires, frustrations. Noticing any softness or resistance in your spirit. One day as the crowds were gathering, Jesus went up to the mountainside with his disciples and sat down to teach them. This is what he taught them. God blesses those who realize their need for him. For the kingdom of heaven is given to them. God blesses those who mourn, for they will be comforted. God blesses those who are gentle and lowly, for the whole earth will belong to them. God blesses those who are hungry and thirsty for justice, for they will receive it in full. God blesses those who are merciful, for they will be shown mercy. God blesses those whose hearts are pure, for they will see God. God blesses those who work for peace. For they will be called the children of God. God blesses those who are persecuted because they live for God. For the kingdom of heaven is theirs. So just wait, rest and wait in the presence of God. Allowing the word to sink deeply Responding in personal dialogue with him. As you sit in that quiet space, perhaps just choosing a way to be reminded later on in talking with God about how He wants you to live out um, this encounter. So, I have a few more minutes of quietness, and I'll end with an amen. Is there any um, thank you all for questions or concerns or anything? Sarah, I have a question. Um, you had mentioned earlier that uh, this was a prayer muscle that needed to be worked for you. And that really resonated with me. I like that analogy. And so my question for you is just how you said at the beginning that you were really, you would get, you were very distracted and this was something like journaling helped with that and different things like that practically. But what would you say, how long would you say it really took you to start working this muscle until you could, you know, you felt comfortable with it. Like this was something that, uh, was more second nature for you in a practical sense. I know it will be different for everyone, but, um, how did you find the progression of from when you began to kind of how it, how it started to become your regular prayer life? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I find it comes in weight. If I'm being perfectly practically honest, (laughs) I find that it comes in waves for me. So I just think it depends on what's going on with life. Like you've got, you know, circumstances of life sometimes. Um, Certainly there's, I would say at the beginning of just even some of these contemplative um, practices like centering prayer or um, like breath prayer, like just there was just really a time where God's grace in those times, it's just like, I just sometimes sat for weeks with a picture that God gave me. And I do find that pictures for me, sometimes the Lord just will place the pictures, like maybe some, something like you, Sarah too. Like I'll just Sarah cagey, um, you know, sometimes like by a stream or I'll read a passage and then there's like a, like a very, like a visual picture that comes. And so I'll just sit in that. Like, so just kind of trust, part of those, like, that's how God works within me. And so just staying and letting that anchor me or allowing a word um, to anchor me. So sometimes even just as you're breathing and in that quiet, as you're kind of entering entering or, you know, quieting yourself, right. It's kind of creating a bit of a border as you're entering into um, this quiet time, right. The silence, right. And so, um If I find myself really distracted, sometimes I'll just go, I need to just, it's, it's actually, there's, it's actually practice in, in that handbook. It's called prayer of recollection. And so sometimes I'll just like literally just put my timer on for like 15 minutes and in welcome actually those distractions, instead of trying to push them away, welcome them. And then I take that. And I just like, as something comes, I just like write it down on a piece of paper And um, at the end of that kind of timer, I'll just kind of invite God to review that. What do you have to say about this? Because I'm just finding myself so distracted (laughs) with all these thoughts. And it's kind of seems so sporadic. But there's oftentimes something that God just really has to say as we kind of allow ourselves rather than like fighting, fighting it off. Um, Or sometimes I just visually. So that's like one thing. that's probably maybe a whole other workshop (laughs) called like on prayer recollection. Um, But, you know, just something maybe practical that you can do too. Um, Or sometimes I'll just like, you know, if a thought comes, um, you know, I'll maybe just focus on like a name of God, a name of God that is like really important to me um, in that season or in, in those weeks and just gently return back to that name of of God and just kind of imagine those thoughts and just like kind of like noticing and then just like kind of releasing them down like the stream, like kind of like leaves going down a stream. Um and just like kind of and then returning back to God's name or that picture or image. And so and that's just like as I stay in that um quiet place. Um those are just some of the things just practically or just that I uh yeah taught myself or taught to do and and that that handbook as well like or just that you know as I kind of read through and then put into practice some of those things that's really helped me I have a question as well um when you do this kind of practice do you usually like within the like a week focus on the same chapter or choose different chapters, like how, how would that practically go? Yeah, no, that's a good question. Um, so there, so I would say that this, um, this book here, the Seeking God Space, so I do um, like follow this a lot. So it's the way it's formatted is there's like a, you know, an invitational passage um just a very very short kind of like that you know like how i read i would be still and know that i am God and just you know sit with that and then there's a psalm and then there's um a, like a you know sometimes like a gospel um passage um and so like the the way it kind of flows is is in very much um a lectio divina type way and so i often follow this uh, and often it will like take passages like a chunk of a certain gospel and then the next day would be like another part of that gospel. Um, certainly you can read through like Ephesians, you know, and just take and I would I would recommend that you do not take more than five to 10 passages at a time. Otherwise, it's too long. And then you just stay with that passage until you're like, you know, if there's something more and you'll just sense and know, like, I mean, and even if you're wrong, so what? But like, often, you know, that you're, you're as, as the spirit is leading you, Um, you know, you'll be like, I need to just stay with that. There's no rush. God is no rush. So, you know, as you're working your way through maybe the whole book of Ephesians, you know, you can just take your time with it and delve deep and just, and take it chunk by chunk.